Cura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Welcome to Speak Out, Inside Out's very own radio station. I am Rosie, and we've got Maggie coming in. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to be talking about some pretty important subject matter. Mm. Do you want to introduce yourself, Maggie? <laughs> uh, kia ora, everyone. My name's Maggie. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I'm a youth worker at Inside Out, and I also um, just help out around Inside Out. Yeah. Cool. Welcome on air. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the main topic we're going to be talking about today is drug and alcohol use in the rainbow community. And yeah, we're going to touch on some stats, but also just lived experiences, uh, impressions, and maybe, yeah, just sort of talk a bit about uh, why we feel that drug and alcohol use is, yeah, particularly important to talk about mm. within rainbow communities and circles. Yeah. And we're also going to um, talk about a few events that are coming up as well, which is really cool, that Inside Out are helping out with or running. So, Shall we do those now? Yeah, we may, just, may as well do that now, eh? So the first one, I guess, Mental Health Awareness Week is one thing to talk about. So that has been happening this week, it was also Homelessness Day yesterday, I believe. I think so. Yeah, don't quote me on that, but it definitely has happened this week, which is obviously of importance to the LGBTQIA plus community as well. Mm. But yeah, Mental Health Awareness Week is just a great opportunity to have discussions about, um, yeah, people's experiences around living with various mental illnesses, being neurodiverse, uh, and also talking about strategies for trying to, you know, not just endure but thrive. And, um, yeah, so we're going to uh, – we've got a couple of events for Mental Health Awareness Week. Yep, so we have the scavenger hunt and picnic uh, which is on the weekend. I think that's on Saturday. Um, and that'll just be um, pretty much just your average picnic. Um, and then we'll be going off and um, whoever's part of the picnic will be um, hunting for little pictures around, um, little nice um, quotes and Maybe some memes thrown in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you happen to know the date? It's this Sunday. Sunday. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can just bring along some snacks or just bring yourself. And yeah, it's an opportunity to talk about just general life or talk about kind of experiences with mental health stuff too, if you want. But also it's just a chance to get in touch with nature because the theme of Mental Health Awareness Week this year is nature is key. So it's about talking about the benefits of, yeah, getting outside, enjoying the fresh air and hugging a tree or two, chatting to all the native birds. And, yeah, it's, it 
a pretty important aspect of your whole order to be making sure you get enough of that that yeah, nature. Definitely. Yeah. I know I feel a lot better when I've gone outside and, you know, sat by the ocean or just taken a five minute walk and had a look around me and um enjoyed the nature that we have available to us within five minutes. Um mm. Yeah, I definitely feel a lot better. Yeah, I took myself on a date to Seaton the other day. Just got myself a nice block and, like, sat by the sea. And, yeah, it just kind of allows you to kind of slow everything down and perspectivize things. And, yeah, taking some time for yourself, I think, is important. And doing that, you know, in your favorite natural setting, hmm. I think, can make that time even more worthwhile. We're pretty lucky here, having yeah. it all um, within walking distance. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of other things. Yeah, so we've got the um, the Glitter and Gold event at the Mount Vic um, Tramping Club. So this is a first for us, um, but I think it's really important. Um, pretty much we're just um, bridging the two communities, um, the youth community and the um, elderly community, mm. um, and making those connections um, and, I guess, learning from each other as well and discussing our experiences of um, being queer or trans um, and what it's like now and perhaps what it was like back then. Mm. Um and it should be a really fun event. Um, I know I'm looking forward to it, but, um, mm. yeah, first of its kind for us. Mm. Yeah, so that's happening a bit later in the month, so October 22nd at the Mount Vic... Tramping Mount, Club. Is it Mount Vic? Yeah. Yeah, Mount Vic Tramping Club. So, yeah, that would be awesome. Mm. It's quite rare that you get the chance to just sit down and hear the experiences of um, older generations. Um, yeah when it comes to, um, yeah, their queerness or their transness and their experiences. So. Especially with, like, um, the same-sex marriage bill, um, mm. use of language, language like um, queer, for example. I know mm. there are some um, who don't like the use of queer because mm. of the um, experiences they've lived or um, various other reasons. Um, so it should be really interesting to... Mm. talk to them about that yeah yeah that's a good point actually just that you know your identity and the words you use to describe your identity um yeah can be influenced by yeah those experiences that you've that you've had and sort of being mindful that yeah other people have um, while it's been a you know a term that's reclaimed it's still something that yeah has you know there's a personal side to it as well and reasons why um, people, yeah, choose to not use that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find the date for, um, there's a film, well, it's a documentary about the homosexual law reform. Oh, yes, bill. yes, at, uh, Naatonga? Yes, mm. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember when that is. Um, but it's, yeah, there's going to be a screening in Wellington at um, Nga Taonga, which is, um, it's called The Edge of the... I can probably have a look for it for you, and we'll get back to that in a bit. Yeah. Um, but we've also got the birthday coming up. Yes. Um, so that's celebrating five years of Inside Out. Mm. Uh, 
big big birthday. Yeah. There'll be um, some dignitaries there, hopefully. Um, there'll and a be, big cake. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the most important thing yeah. about a birthday is I the think, cake. Yeah, that's the thing we've talked about the most so far is what the cake's going to look like. Um, yeah, who's sorting out the cake. It's going to be vegan as mm-hmm. well, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be real fun. There'll mm-hmm. be some... Um, some nice times and some, like, hopefully some good stories from, um, volunteers past and present. Mm. Um, yeah, who've worked with Inside Out and watched it grow into what it is now. Um, yeah, that's cool. So that's happening on the 3rd of November. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and also, um, we'll be releasing a trailer for, um, the film and, uh, poster project that, uh, Laura and myself, um, Kate and Alfie have been working on, um, which has pretty much been like promoting positive and complex um, representations of identities within the rainbow community. Um, you can tell how many times I've said that. I've got that down. <laughs> yeah. um, but we will be releasing that later in the year, perhaps um, more like around February, but... Um, We'll be releasing the trailer for that, so people get a little taste of what's what's in store. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Actually, I've seen little um, like stills from it, and it looks like a, re- a really cool setup and stuff where everyone's been sitting to talk about yeah. their experiences. So that's a really great idea for a project and shining light on on that stuff. Good on you guys. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Maggie and I have both been wanting to talk um for a while about on air about the relationship between the rainbow community and alcohol and drug use because yeah it's sort of come up i guess a few times just talking about the spaces available to members of the rainbow community where they can socialize and express themselves and explore themselves and just noticing this recurrent theme that a lot of those spaces uh, involve being around alcohol mm. or drugs or um, in you know generally in bars and things like that and just um, yeah just kind of wanted to explore that and sort of ask questions of ourselves and each other about uh, why that is and um, and also, yeah, just looking a little bit into um, recent research around behaviours and attitudes toward drinking and drug use um, in the rainbow community. So um, myself and Connor, who's another member of Inside Out, the school's coordinator for Inside Out, attended a consultation uh, last night, actually, in Wellington that was... Um, run by a group of researchers who are wanting to look into uh, drinking cultures of LGBT New Zealanders and they said that the uh, purpose of, or the research aim, was to investigate the social, cultural and political influences on alcohol consumption among LGBT people. It's a pretty big topic. Yes, yeah. And um, I think the first thing that stands out to me, which makes me feel optimistic about it, is that they're focusing on the environment and how that influences behaviours and attitudes Mm. rather than it being sort of individualised, not talking about, you know, like they're not talking about it in in a vacuum, they're talking about why certain, um, 
yeah, influences um, can lead to, you know, certain behaviours and health outcomes for rainbow community members. So strengths-based kind of. Mm, Yeah, and um, it sort of interrogating, yeah, potential, um, yeah, attitudes that we have within New Zealand specifically that, um, yeah, create these these environments where um, sometimes, yeah, behaviours can be quite problematic around drinking and drug use. Um, so, yeah. Um, and they, yeah, they basically just wanted to start up some um, consultation with the public around, uh, yeah, what kind of questions they should be asking and where they should be looking for um, information and feedback on these things. So that was a really cool thing that they wanted to um, hear back from people in the community about, well, from the Rainbow community specifically as well, mm-hmm. about about this research. It still has some work to be done, but I think it's a really good start and it mm. um, elicits important conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, yeah. And they allowed us quite a bit of free reign to just talk about what we, you know, um, noticed about sort of being a part of that community and observing and... Um, you know, just figuring out for ourselves our own relationships with these things um, and how that related to our uh, gender or sexual identity. Mm. Um, And, yeah, so um, one of the questions uh, that they posed to us was, to what extent is alcohol slash drinking an issue to be concerned with? And we all pretty much unanimously said it's a huge issue. Mm. Um, Yeah, the... You know, um, just through looking at recent statistics, um, like data that's come out from recent surveys, uh, it's pretty clear that the, you know, impact that, um, and the heaviness and frequency of drinking within the LGBT community and rainbow community, um, yeah, is a lot higher than it is for, um, cis and heterosexual, um, yeah, community members. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely something that I noticed as well was frequency. So um, for myself, like I'd, when I was younger, I'd often frequent uh, various different bars mm. um, that was in the community. Um, and I'd often see the same people. So I'd be getting quite intoxicated mm. um, and using various forms of drugs, mm. which I don't now, but mm. um, I'd also see, see the same people using lots of alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. um, and that would be every weekend mm. for I went on for ages. Mm. So, um, yeah, and it's quite disturbing how normalised and almost encouraged it is in those mm. spaces, I think. Like, as you say, it's it's quite... Um, the accessibility to those things um, is in those spaces probably, I think, a lot um, higher than in the general population or in just like a, you know, straight bar, yeah, you know, quote-unquote. And um, that was something that was actually brought up in the um, survey for attitudes and behaviours toward alcohol survey, which uh, was done in 2015 and 16. And there was quite a disparity between um, non-LGB people and LGB community members. So the question was, have you purchased alcohol from a bar slash nightclub in the last four weeks? 
and it was 47% of LGB respondents said that they had, whereas non-LGB people it was 21%. So that's more than double, which kind of tells you something about the way that LGB, uh, like, you know, sexual minority people are drinking and Mm -hmm. the the spaces that they're drinking in. Because that's a lot of money. I know a lot of people who preload, so that's not yeah. even including the people that preload. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of sort of hidden factors um, between those questions that have been asked, and we talked a little bit about that as well, and the marketing specifically toward the rainbow community mm. by um, alcohol companies, and one of the people in this group that we were at, the consultation group, said that he had worked at a bar for years and been a bar manager, yeah. and that a lot of um the time you know a lot of the money uh, and funding for like pride events or you know gay events was being bankrolled by alcohol companies because they knew that that was a really profitable area for them it's pretty horrendous yeah so it's quite you know there's some huge moral questions around alcohol companies being allowed to fund these things and without thinking about the health consequences for those communities sort of seeing it as a profit based uh, model rather than a sort of coming into it with like human, you know, humanitarian kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's quite a big issue. Yeah. Uh, for the rainbow community within a capitalist context. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's, talk that's, we've yeah, gone yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, I think one thing that really stood out to me from the, um, research that they presented to us was, uh, there was a, question about what they um, said was problematic drinking, which is classified as having eight or more standard drinks within a four-hour period, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the you know the percentages within the different categories, so they divided it up um, into being either gay or lesbian, bisexual, heterosexual, or other, and then they then divided it into male and female, which, which is, is problematic. problematic. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was another thing we raised um, was that a lot of the ways that respondents had to categorise themselves were pretty binary, which probably fudged the data, to be honest, mm-hmm. or alienated potential respondents that could have given really important information to them. So that's something that I think they need to be working on yeah. coming into this next um piece of research especially the other category as well like that could encompass so many different things yeah yeah Um, like we talked about bisexuality and bisexual awareness in the last radio show which you can check out in the podcast on accessradio.co.nz or .org.nz sorry by the way we're on access radio 106.1 fm um yeah but we were talking about how, you know, there's reasons people identify as bisexual or that it can be fluid over time so they could be bisexual but then identify as queer or pan mm. or asexual. So other, yeah, really doesn't cut the mustard Not in really. terms of being an identifier for people. Um, but with the numbers that they did get back from those quite reductive categories, uh female bisexual respondents had the highest rate of problematic drinking, so drinking eight or more standard drinks in a, about a four-hour time period. So that's – and it was quite significant um, differences between, um, the, like, for women, their um, heterosexual 
peers were the lowest rates of problematic drinking with 17.3%. So that's, you know, more than double for bisexual women versus straight-identified women. It's really concerning. Yeah, yeah. And we talked quite a bit about bisexuality and how um, the stigma that continues around that mm. Um, yeah, again, it's bisexual women are double in this study. They're, um, just under double of their lesbian or gay female ident- like, identified peers. So even within the LGB sort of circle, they're still, you know, significantly higher. So it is a specifically bisexual thing, which is really interesting and that we thought needed a lot more investigation. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Hopefully that will be um, in the future yeah. studies. Yeah. So, yeah, while, you know, I think there is a lot of work to be done in the way that the questions are designed and the options that are given for, like, the demographic info, so the things that people can put in for their gender and sexual identity um, needs to be a lot more specific than it has been for these um, recent surveys, mm-hmm. I think we can still glean some information and get a bit of an idea about, um, yeah, these the differences for the straight community versus the rainbow community. Um, yeah, I guess, what do you think, Maggie, are some issues or, like, what um, kind of plays into our behaviours in the rainbow community about... Um, around drinking and and drug use? Um, I know for myself it was definitely mental health. Mm. Um, so I found it as a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, I know it, like, sort of numbed my anxiety and the stuff that I was going through, and it made it a lot easier to just, like, deal with the day-to-day mm-hmm. yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was so readily accessible for me. I could mm. just, like, it was sort of two degrees of separation between mm. me and someone that could provide me with, like, whatever I needed. And that's really concerning. Absolutely. Especially seeing I was, like, emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that plays a part in a lot of people that are drinking. I'm not saying yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but definitely um, using it as a way of dealing with, like, new feelings that you might be having or self-acceptance or dealing with, like, other people accepting you. Mm. Yeah, I think that is something, um, yeah, that was touched on as well, is that, unfortunately for a lot of, um, especially rainbow youth, there are less protective factors uh, in place as a result of your gender or sexual identity that... Um, could sort of buffer your entrance into those destructive relationships with alcohol and drugs. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just stuff about, like, feeling isolated or not represented and, like, stigmatised or that kind of, as you say, that self-acceptance. So often that self-stigmatisation as well. Mm. That's obviously a result of cultural attitudes. Yeah. But that is often so difficult for people at all ages and stages in life to deal with that means that they can often self-medicate and things like that with with alcohol. And that because it's so normalised, it's often not even recognized as a problem yeah yeah and especially with like 
bisexual people. Yeah. I don't identify as bisexual, but this is definitely something that has been told to me numerous times from people that do, mm. um, is not feeling accepted from like both communities. So yeah. the like straight cis community and the queer and gay community, mm. um, because they're often told like, um, they're, you know, actually straight mm. by certain communities or they're actually gay by other communities mm. when actually they're, you know, their own form of identity. Yeah. And that invisibility of it, if you're with someone who identifies, you know, as the same gender as you or another gender, mm. you can kind of either be read as straight or read as, you know, gay or queer. Um, and that, yeah, it's difficult to assert that when you're in a relationship of a certain kind of, that looks a certain way to other people and that idea of them being the ones to decide your sexuality for you, I think is a real hard thing for, yeah, people who are bisexual and, um, yeah. And it's interesting what you said before, like, you know, I think we, we're talking about the dangers of it and that's interesting because another question that was asked last night was what are the benefits of alcohol use? And I kind of like me and Connor both were kind of like, you know, it's difficult to see it in a positive way when you are in, a, you know, in the rainbow community and seeing that it can be so destructive for so many people. It's hard to have positivity about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what was raised last night as well is that, you know, it's a social lubricant and it is something, um, you know, that, that is done socially, um, and is part of our culture and it doesn't always need to be problematic, but it's just, um, I guess looking at ways forward and looking at changing the culture so that people feel comfortable enough in themselves to be able to enjoy a couple of drinks without it being, a kind of downward slope that exacerbates mental health yeah, issues and definitely. and um, also places people in vulnerable positions as well mm. um, because a lot of spaces, you know, I, I think I walk down Courtney Place even when I'm completely sober at like 10 p.m. on a Saturday night and I feel unsafe and I'm a cis woman, you know, I and I, you know, I feel pretty, yeah, I think that often, yeah, that's something that, needs to be addressed and it looks as though with this new research they will be focusing on the cultural societal issues um which i think is really important to addressing the um health outcomes and yeah. and behaviors that a lot of rainbow community members um struggle with so good on them yeah yeah it's really cool so it's a great co-papa and i think if it's done with you know in a mindful way it'll be good but mm. We've just about come to the end of the show, actually. Uh, yeah, is there anything else that you want to speak to, um, Maggie? I think I actually might just... Um, where's my cell phone? Um, I guess reel off some support places that people yes, can go to. Yes, sure. That's a great idea, actually. And we can probably just post them to um, the Inside Out page and website as well. Yeah. Yeah, we could, um, yeah. So if you just have a look for Outline. Sure. And if you're needing to talk to someone, um, you can either free text Youthline at 234 uh, or free call them at 0800-37-6633. Mm -hmm. Wow. And yep. um, Outline is 
um, for queer and trans people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's open from nine to nine, I think. Mm-hmm. That's the one, and it's yeah available to people all throughout New Zealand. Mm, yeah. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.